and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton Center at the Ag PhD Field Day site, following the Ag PhD Naturals Workshop. I'm Darren Hefty, along with my brother Brian, and special guest today, Matt Thompson. Uh, Matt, we're speaking about naturals today. What what really are naturals? That's a big question. Uh, so for us, naturals is ultimately five categories. We could be talking about living microbes. We could be talking about organic acids. We could be talking about amino acids, plant growth hormones. The market also calls this market biostimulants. This is really all the extra things that we can put into the crop. So there are a lot of things that, that we were talking about today. We still have our, our crowd here. Uh, we'll be taking questions from our audience. If you've got a question, just say your first name and where you're from as you're asking the question. That would be awesome. We also have an online audience today uh, for our Naturals Workshop. And if you're interested in any of our future workshops as well, you can go to agphd.com, click on the Events tab, and sign up. Uh, I had a question that came in from David down in southeast Kansas. And he said, guys, when you're considering double crop soybeans following wheat, I'm wondering what we can do to improve our soybean yield, perhaps by doing something to help the decomposition of this wheat stubble. So I'm wondering, would applying additional nitrogen and sulfur aid in the breakdown? What about natural products like decomp? What have you seen from things like that? I'll let Matt answer the decomp thing, but I would just say on this nitrogen and sulfur, we get that question all the time, but we don't know for sure if it's going to help because quite frankly, we don't know if you have a bunch of nitrogen and sulfur out there already. So like on our own farm, we try to not run short on those two nutrients. So the likelihood of us having it pay is a lot less than somebody who let's say wants to make sure there's almost no nitrogen and sulfur left at the end of the year. But yes, having good levels of nitrogen especially will help because the bacteria will use nitrogen as food before they get that residue fully converted and broken down. So anyway, decomp. Yeah, so I mean, at the end of the day, you think about residue in general, we're talking about a carbon to nitrogen ratio and trying to balance that in order to break residue down. When we have a conversation around a product like decomp, we're using white rot fungi and strains of trichoderma to ultimately break down the cellulose, hypercellulose and lignin of that plant. So big issue that we have with residue overall is how much lignin is associated with that and breaking that lignin down. So we've learned uh, making applications of products like decomp can actually speed that process up naturally, uh, especially in a wheat crop in the middle of the summer. I definitely think there's potential there to get decomp incorporated in that environment. All right, so let's take a question from our audience here. Again, if you wouldn't mind giving us your first name and the state you're from, that'd be great. This is Kevin from Nebraska. Um, on your decomp, you mentioned spraying that on directly behind the combine. Is that safe for grazing after that application? Yeah, there is no issues whatsoever with that. Yep. Uh, talk about uh, like organic production and that kind of thing with a lot of these naturals and OMRI certified and all that. Yeah, so decomp specifically is not OMRI certified, but when we talk about uh, products in our portfolio, so OMRI certified means that it is certif certified for the organic acre. Um, our products in our portfolio, NutriCycle, Heat Shield, and NutriShield are all labeled for organic production. So there's a process that we have to go through in order to guarantee that all steps of the process have been um, using organic products, and that's how we get that label. So a lot of these products are used on the organic acre, uh, specifically to decomp, it's not, but it's something that we've looked into. Yeah, and on. so I realized that wasn't your question about organic or anything, but that just got me thinking about that too, just in overall safety of products yeah. and stuff. The great thing with a lot of these naturals is they are really quite safe for humans and livestock. 
I got a question from Petey, and he said, uh, guys, you often talk about planting corn early into cold soils and trying to do the best thing you can to get uh, get it to jump out of the ground. Yep. Have you found any of the amino acid products that have an influence on germination and cold germination in corn? So early, early, early on, we were looking at Boost 10 on as a seed treatment. We still yep. offer that as, as a seed treatment option for soybeans. Um, the concern, though, is, is from a handling perspective, we can get into situations with high moisture where that amino collects moisture and becomes a little bit sticky. So, yes, amino acids naturally can help with plant growth hormones and naturally per making that plant more offensive on that side. I guess my concern is more around the lines of making it flow through your planter correctly. Yep, so that's always our number one fear, whether it's a fungicide, insecticide, or anything. we got to make sure that it dries well on the seed, the seed flows, and all that. But yes, I, uh, amino acids appear like they could help on the seed, but it's not like they're making them jump out of the ground you know, way faster or anything else. But yeah, there is some promise there, and I'm sure companies are going to continue working on that. All right, let's go back to the audience here. got another question. Brandon from Minnesota, I was going to ask you about um, inertia and then putting a fulvic with that, if okay. that would work, and also Megagrow, should we be doubling up in furl and with your posts? So I'll start with the question with inertia and a fulvic acid. There's no issues whatsoever putting those two together in the tank. Um, we've had a lot of times where high-yield growers are doing both the fulvic acid fast and the inertia. When it comes to Megagrow, uh, we recommend running Megagrow in furrow and with the foliar pass. There is no issue with having those two together or making multiple applications with those products. Yeah, like we were talking about earlier today, we just, for any of these uh, plant growth hormones, we want to make sure that we're spreading them out a little bit. We don't want to put one on and then, boy, a week later, we're coming back and hitting it again. So in other words, if you planted, seed pops up right away and you're like, you know what, I got to go spray some Roundup or whatever. I know the plant's really tiny, but I got to go spray it. I'm going to hit it again with Mega Grow. Uh, you want to give it at least a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, something like that in between. Shouldn't be a big issue, but I just thought I'd mention that. Hey, a uh, question came in from Lee, and he said, I'm adding three ounces of copper sulfate to my 2,000-gallon storage water tank. It does a great job knocking out algae. I'm wondering, would BioPrep that would take chloride or chlorine to turn it to chloride, would that fix anything with the copper, or is there something else I could add if I'm using the copper sulfate for algae control? That's where you go to water, right? Right. Yeah. So BioPrep, all it's going to do is chlorine and convert it over to chloride. So it's a very specific product, and that's also why it's really, really inexpensive. And I, I, I mean, we had some pricing up there, but I didn't, I quite frankly didn't even think it was that expensive. It's literally pennies to the acre. And water right costs a little bit more money, still very inexpensive, but that's going to neutralize things like calcium, magnesium, iron, and that does have impact on copper as well. All right, we are following up the Ag PhD Naturals Workshop today, broadcasting from the Ag PhD Field Day site, only inside in the nice, warm Morton Center. We're taking your questions, and we'll be back right after this. When we told growers that New Bear Premium Trivolt Herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at TrivoltInAction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. 
This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow legal instructions. How can you make the most profit ever on your soybean crop? I'm Darren Hefty. We'll give you the answer to that question at a free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop. It's Wednesday, January 25th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll dive deep on topics such as pest control, resistance issues, herbicide traits, fertility, cleaning up white mold, and more. If you want to make raising soybeans more lucrative and more fun, you won't want to miss this free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop. Learn more at agphd.com. Your crop deserves the best, not just a contender. Choose a Champ brand fungicide from New Farm for proven performance in the formula you prefer. Champ Formula 2 Flowable offers exceptional mixing and stability in a liquid copper. Champ Ion comes supercharged for superior coverage in a dry formulation. Any way you turn, New Farm has the copper solution you can win with. Put a Champ in your corner at newfarm.com slash uscrop. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Kind of a special show today. We're broadcasting following the Ag PhD Naturals Workshop. And if you're listening uh, today from home or from your vehicle, we aren't taking live calls today, but you can email us your questions, radio at agphd.com. We do have an audience here uh, as we're broadcasting this show live, and we're going to take questions from the audience here as well. Let's get back to another one. Uh, Travis from Southeast Minnesota. In regards to water right and bioprep, would you use that in conjunction with AMS? Not as an AMS replacer, I assume, but is that only for the microbes, products, or naturals, or would you use that in addition, say, with an AMS and a herbicide pass? Yes, no, maybe? Had yeah. that had that question come in online as well from Eric, and he was just saying, hey, I have been using ammonium sulfate. If I start using water rate and bioprep, can I pitch the ammonium sulfate, or do I need that too? Yeah, so I, I say you still need the ammonium sulfate, and, and here's the reason why, is that AMS is still providing value of getting the herbicide into the plant. You know, you think about Liberty, for instance. We need that three pounds of AMS in there to help make the Liberty more effective within the plant. Well, the nitrogen and the sulfur components is what we need, and so that's the main reason why you need ammonium sulfate. So if, let's say, you were using ammonium sulfate only to sequester hard water ions and that was it, then yes, that could be replaced with water right. Yeah, but when it comes to herbicide applications, you wouldn't need the bioprep. Um, you could run just the water right, but there's no issues whatsoever with having that conversation. Yeah, right. and again, bioprep, it's just the chlorine turning into chloride. So that's where we're talking microbes. microbes. Yep. yep. All right, uh, this question came in from Brian, and he said, hey, I was looking at your decomp. You were showing decomp uh, naturally breaking down corn stalks. I'm wondering... Could that also break down weed seeds before they germinate and infest my fields? We've never done any research on that. No, but when you stop and think about it, it's going to break in, down any organic thing that is out there. So could it? Yes. But I, I, I thought it was pretty good when Matt was describing how that product works and how any biological is going to break down residue. What's it got to get through? The lignin, which on a stalk is relatively hard. Well, I think about that seed coat and all the stuff that's protecting that seed from the outside. 
I, I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I believe that's a lot harder, is it not? Yeah, so here's what I can tell you is we've used decomp in the past for uh, taking compost and, or taking manure and putting it in compost form. So on dry feedlots where they push manure into piles, it takes six to eight months upwards of time to make that into compost Normally. Form. Uh, we can speed that up in six to eight weeks with, with decomp. And how we do that is we raise the temperature of the pile upwards of 155 degrees. In that situation, yes, we are killing the weed seed because of the temperature. But making a broadcast application of decomp, I, I, I can't answer that question. But I know if we can raise the temp, we can get there. I look at, I look at it this way. You can feed a corn stalk to a cow, and it comes out the back end, and you don't see corn stalk anymore. But if you feed weed seed... To a cow, it comes out the back end exactly. as weed seed with a whole bunch of fertilizer. Yeah. So so far, where we have treated decomp, we have not noticed any fewer weeds. Right. So I, I mean, I still think it could potentially kill a few of them, but I think it'd be very very small. Yep. All right. We got another question here. Hi, uh, Bill. I live in uh, I don't know southern Minnesota. <laughs> I got a question. Um, well, it's, it's good that you you remembered where you live. Yeah, so I was hoping you have to go well, I home today. to say Freeborn it's County. A, it's been a long So if that days. means anything, I don't know. It's been a All long right, few you got days. a lot more snow here this year than you did last year too. Yes, definitely. So I got a question on uh, towards the end of your slides. Uh, you were looking at uh, in corn your good, better, and best thing. Your Mega Grow two ounces, New Tech CDA, Microcycle, and then you know a bunch of other stuff. The the first three. Is that an in-furrow or two by, it looks like in-furrow. Now, can I mix my Capture LFR with that? You can, and, yeah. Yep. And, yep. Uh, Capture LFR will mix with fertilizer, and it'll mix fairly well with biologicals. Okay. What it doesn't mix well with is a fungicide. So we have to be careful if okay, we're going to so throw Okay, so my Zyway goes in a two by two <laughs> yep. with some more fertilizer and... 32%. Yep. Hey, so. by the way, with Zyway, in our research this year, it did appear better when we used the foaming, when we used yep. the 3D. Yep. Uh, I, I know, but that, <laughs> that Thrive 3D thing, I know it costs some money, but we did see significantly better results that way as opposed to 2x2. Two two. I, I looked into that, but they won't talk to me for 120 acres. Oh. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yep. All right. Another question in the back here. Hi, I'm uh, Ron Tweet from Brant, South Dakota, and I've used uh, N-Hydro, and then how I did it, I took uh, rainwater and put it in a two-and-a-half-gallon container, and then I mixed, you know, opened the pouch and poured it into the container, but it still seemed like it wasn't quite as water-soluble as what I thought it should be. So anhydro is in spore forming colonies. And what happens is is when we take a pack It sounds scary when he says it that way. It's spore forming colonies, but when, anyway. When go we ahead. take anhydro or microcycle or, or nutricycle for that matter in those or foil packs and put them in a water source, if you just close the lid and shake it up, it'll get it into suspension at a faster pace. And it's it's like wettable powder, like our herbicides that are wettable powder. It takes time to get all of that wetted in order to get broken. And up. the warmer the water, the faster the breakdown. Yep. Yep. So the rainwater shouldn't be any issue. Yeah. So the rainwater, any water source for that matter, really shouldn't be an issue. Um, it's just getting that. It takes time to set, get all the wettable powder wet. That's yeah. basically what it is. 
So, so yeah. Anyway, like so you said, you put it's the shaking powder it around in first. That's the biggest thing. Put the powder in and then dump the water on top of it. You could. That would speed the process up. Of you just think so? It sure, it. it sure works better so? making hot chocolate, Brian. You think so? I don't know. For mo for most things, most wettable powders, they're going to tell you don't put the powder in first. Put the wa put some water in, then put the powder in, then put the rest of the water in. Well, the problem is like. Uh, Think about a packet of hot chocolate. I don't know if you've ever done this, Brian, being a chocolate fiend. Uh, when you dump it on top of the water, it just doesn't move down in. And then you're using a spoon or some sort of agitation yeah, to push but... it down in. Where if you put it on the bottom, it seems like you can wet it first. That adds some weight to it. And now it starts to float up and, and get into suspension. Yeah, it does. The... But then there's still stuff that's stuck on the bottom. See, so, that was the frustration no, I'm going to disagree he with that. He didn't want any of that chocolate no. stuck on the bottom of his But believe cup. me, I have tried both ways. <laughs> I've tried many ways with many different Well, uh, usually products. marshmallows help. So maybe marshmallows, Ron? I, but, I don't think I do marshmallows with microcycles. But no, uh. no, seriously. I mean, if there's some water, then you dump the, the, the dry flowable. And I don't care if we're talking a chemical, a biological, anything. Some water dump the dry flowable then you put the rest of the water in hey usually that's where is, we have the it best it is results. one of the challenges though matt and you think about it with with this naturals market but, so many times these i mean you're going to have billions of colony forming units and they're just in a few ounces of powder that hey, are going to go on for 40 acres yeah I, hey, I do like the idea that ron had though hey let's mix it up in a jug first before i dump it in this big thousand gallon look, tank yeah go go ahead ron what were you going to say well <clears throat> then after i did that you know i mixed one package with two, two and a half gallons of water, you know, yep. shook it up, yep. and it still floated a little on top. So then as I was putting the other ingredients in with my liquid fertilizer, and then I'd run that through my mixing cone and yep. then into my 300-gallon tank on my planter, <coughs> and then, you know, and then planted, you know, so it should have really got mixed up and yep. stirred. But even after the tank was lower and I'd open up my cover, you know, for my next tank or whatever, I still could see a little residue on the side of the tanks. Oh. Interesting. How about fulvic acid? Just like yeah. I'm thinking they got to have some kind of a formula that it's a little more water soluble. All right. Yep. We'll that's good that. feedback. Yeah, yep. That's good feedback. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of different forms of these naturals, and uh, the compatibility is one of the big questions. Marion sent a question. Marion's from Nebraska. Uh, it says, do any of the naturals used in corn, like you've got your naturals uh, corn chart up on the board, are any of those affected by 103040? I want to use those in-furrow options you've got. Can I mix them with 103040? Would I need to mix a whole bunch of water with that too? Uh, what have you found with compatibility there? I'll let Brian answer the question in regards to 103040 and furrow, but specifically to uh, microcycle being a living organism or any of those products being on there, there's no issues. So 1034.0, as long as it doesn't have some sort of zinc added to it, uh, has actually been a pretty good product. Yep, yep, that's the thing. And we just, I think where Matt was going with this and why he wanted me to answer is keep your 1034.0 rate down because yeah. it does have a lot of salt. Uh, but, yeah, you might have to mix it in water first and then put it in that. Uh, that, that would be our only concern. So if you go right into fertilizer with any wettable powder, chemical or biological, mixing might be a little question, so you can try it. Might have to go with water. Well, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. 
Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. Officer Jones calling for backup. 10-4, location? Graver back 40. Looks like we've got Palmer amaranth, kochia, some common water hemp. Resistant weeds. Copy that. You'll need a good tank mix partner. I'm sending tough 5 EC. Come out with your hands up! Guys, we're surrounded. Crack down on repeat offenders. Add tough 5 EC to your post-emergence tank mix. Learn more at toughonweeds.com. Always read and follow label directions. Tough is a registered trademark of Belgian Crop Protection. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of fierce herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. AgroLiquid is precision crop nutrition. That means being committed to product performance, to research and field testing, and to superior agronomics. Most of all, AgroLiquid is committed to delivering precisely the right nutrition in the right way, including seed-safe planter plus side dress applications and foliar applications with low burn risk. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. What can you do to build a better wheat crop? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. Thursday, January 26th, we're holding a free Ag PhD Wheat Agronomy Workshop at the Morton Center on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll be discussing how you can make your wheat crop more profitable by going in-depth on topics such as crop protection programs, seed treatment options, and the ways to make your crop more resistant to stress like drought and disease. We'll be covering all of this and much more, so don't miss the Ag PhD Wheat Agronomy Workshop. Sign up today at agphd.com. If you've ever wondered how the Farmall got its name, here's an abbreviated list of the jobs the Case IH Farmall can do. Baling, cutting hay, feeding, hauling, loading, pulling, raking, cleaning barn, mixing feed, fertilizing, mowing, chopping, seeding, clearing, irrigating, furrowing, cultivating, hitching, digging, emergency tow, harrowing, hoisting, leading parades, excavating, grading. <sighs> Let's make it simple. This tractor does it all. So no matter what you're doing, can do comes in red. Farmall. Learn more at caseih.com farmall. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We are broadcasting remotely today. We're out at the Ag PhD Field Day site inside the nice warm Morton Center here following an Ag PhD Naturals workshop. We have some of our audience is still here asking some questions, but we can also take your questions via email today, radio at agphd.com. Let's get back to another question here. With all the weeds becoming resistant to chemicals, how come bacteria don't become resistant to chlorine. <laughs> Must be pretty strong. Must be pretty strong. You know what? I, I, would, I would imagine there are some that, that, are, that probably are resistant. Who knows what they are? I, I guess I'm not familiar with municipal water sources and what rate of chlorine they're running, if they're changing that at all. I, I don't know that answer. 
But as, as we've said several times, the dose makes the poison. And mm -hmm. yeah, perhaps at super low levels, uh, there, there may be some strains getting through. I, I don't know that answer. Well, yeah, I mean, specifically to what we're playing with today, I, I don't can't answer that question, but I guess I think about like the healthcare industry with like staph infections, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's some that's resistant now to all yeah, kinds of stuff. Yeah, 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 a little bit thing. different, but yeah. I, I would just say with the chlorine, it may not kill all strains of all bacteria, but uh, apparently it's still doing a number on the strains that we're using here in agriculture. So, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd have to do a little bit of a uh, little bit of homework on that. Hey, this question came in from Brad, and he asked if we could go to the soybean uh, programs here. If you go to your soybean best program on your screen, uh, he said, my question is for Matt. Uh, you put together the best program on soybeans, but I don't notice that you really put on a in-furrow treatment of any sort. Are there in-furrow products you like in soybeans, and is there any reason you didn't include an in-furrow here? Yeah, personally, I think of all of all things that we tested, and we said this earlier in the presentation, probably Alpha Complete Inferro on soybeans really seems to hit that mark um, for Inferro. And I think it has a lot to do with Boost 10 helping with nodulization on beans. When you go out into a V1 to V2 plant uh, and dig it up and start to see the nodules that are forming on that, uh, applications of Boost 10 really seems to speed that up. Reason why I didn't put it on here is a lot of growers that are now running a specific bean planter don't have Inferro capabilities. I'd say less than 10% of the market has capabilities for inferro, so I just didn't include it on here. Um, but there's nothing wrong with running inferro on soybeans. For me, I like best alpha complete in water uh, running at a five gallon rate. Yeah, we talk about, uh, just for our own farm, about different ways of doing things. And Brian, I know a few years ago had asked me, what would you rather have, inferro or two by two? And I said, or, no, I'd rather have both. That way I can split up. Hey, if I want to put a natural product on and I want to put a fungicide on and they aren't compatible, I can put them in two different spots. Get yep. uh, um, another question here. This one comes from Brian about Inferro. And he said, guys, you've talked about some of these Inferro options, but how about application? Do you like Keaton seed firmers? Do you like other methods of applying things Inferro? Well, this is a different conversation than what we usually have because generally in furrow we're talking about fertilizer and we're talking about insecticide. And or or with, even fungicide. Or even well, fungicide. Yeah, true. Like that way. True. So we're talking but, about crop protection type things or salty fertilizers. That's right. different. We really don't want them on the seed per se. We'd like them off the seed a little bit. With a natural, though, right on the seed would be just fine. And for all of those things, fungicide, insecticide, and fertilizer, a tiny little bit is probably fine. But if you put on a 100x rate, you could have a major problem. Whereas with these biologicals, you could put on a 100x rate, and you're not going to have any problem. In fact, you might have more result. So we were talking earlier today, John Deere just uh, it just announced this exact shot thing where basically as you're going along with the planter, it can shoot stuff right on the seed. Well, that I'm really interested in for the biologicals. I want the exact opposite for the fertilizer and maybe the insecticide and fungicide. I got another question over here. Hi, John from Minnesota. I have a uh, question about uh, IDC in soybeans. Is there a biological to help with that? So we've been trying for the past two years to look at different biological products. And to this point, we found some different iterations of different formulations that we like, but the consistency when we look at multiple IDC trials, we've not seen the performance hit. So when we compare it against something like a soy green, 
Um, we just really haven't found anything that's better than that in the marketplace today. Ortho, ortho, E-D-D-H-A, chelated iron. That's been the best. And yeah, it's not cheap. So what we often talk about is what is the long-term fix? In order to have IDC, you need to have high pH. And if we can work on that pH, whether it's through uh, subsurface drainage, elemental sulfur, uh, just all those other things, they aren't going to happen overnight unless you're crazy like Brian and put a thousand pounds of elemental sulfur on some of my ground to drop my pH down into the forest so I can buy lime and put it, bring it back up. Then it happens. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it doesn't. So, I mean, I would strongly suggest you do something like that though. Just once on your farm, you improve drainage and you say, you know what? I got tile lines every 25 feet because they have very heavy ground. Then I'm going to spread a 50 foot wide strip of elemental sulfur at 500 pounds. And let's see what happens over the next couple of years. Pull soil samples every three months and just see where your pH goes. I, I bet you could get rid of IDC pretty quick in that spot. And I'd do it right through the middle of one of those big yellow spots in your field and see the difference. I, I had a farmer that, that put, a t put one tile line right through the middle of kind of this big pothole area, probably about as big as this Morton Center. And the next year I was out on his farm and there was one green row of soybeans right down the middle of that that strip. He goes, guess what I did? I said, you finally get tile in? He said, I did, but only the one row was helped. The next year, there was a little more area helped. The next year, a little more area helped, but Takes then, time. yeah, you got to put, you got to put more lines in eventually. But yeah, we were really hoping that we might find some kind of biological that would help us on this IDC thing. And we've been testing a whole bunch of stuff. And so far, there just isn't anything that I would say is super promising. All right, uh, I get a question that came in about one of the nitrogen products. All right, you guys talked about these nitrogen products in the naturals market, which are exciting. Uh, we're doing manure, and we're noticing some inconsistency out in the field. I'm wondering, could we use something like N-hydro in furrow, something that would have a decomposition of residue um, to maybe even things out? Yeah, so I would actually probably go down the lines and look more like decomp uh, in the sense yeah. of the white rot fungi. So, you know, we, we first started decomp back in the day of it being a uh, product that we were using to break manure down into compost form. Um, and since have learned that it does a really good job with corn stock residue as well. So, and hydro's got some benefits, but I would think from a consistency standpoint, we get more success out of decomp. But let's go back a step further and say, why are we having these inconsistencies in the field? To me, it's one of two things. Either we aren't applying it uh, evenly across the field, or number two, the manure that's coming out is not even. So where we talked, was, was this liquid or was this dry? Or didn't it say? Didn't say. Yeah. So I, I guess if it's liquid, then we're just going to tell you that's where something like intercept really can help because it liquefies that pit. So we do something like intercept as a treatment. doesn't cost that much money. And then besides that, making sure we stir that well. But yeah, if it's dry manure, then I absolutely get it. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be impossible to make that consistent. Okay, this is a water treatment question. Uh, if I use something like amino acids where I don't have living microbes, would I still benefit by utilizing a product like Water Right? I still feel like when it comes to calcium and magnesium, they act as big magnets in that tank. When we make amino acid applications, we want to get as much as that dose and possible into the plant. Uh, I don't want to have calcium or magnesium tie that up. So I would say absolutely yes. Okay. Uh, and also to Brian's point on this one, those water treatment products are so inexpensive. 
uh, we, we're seeing a lot of farmers now, if they've got uh, a big 1,000 or 2,000-gallon water tanks that they're hauling around to the fields, uh, just putting it right in the water, treating the water up front, uh, then they can mix it with anything. All right, uh, this one comes in from Brad, who had asked an in-furrow soybean question before. Uh, just curious, what do you think about alpha-complete in-furrow on soybeans? Uh, what, what kind of data have you seen there? Um, yeah, so we had data that we shared here already with Alpha Complete. Um, looks really, really good in soybeans. And again, I think the Boost 10 and the Nutex are really the drivers in soybeans um, with getting more nodules on the plant. So I, I really think that that's our, our push for uh, Alpha Complete. Uh, one more. Is it this? Let's see. One more. Okay, right there, probably. Well, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, so Alpha Complete. This is all of our data from last year. Um, I think it looks really good for an inferral perspective. Yep, that'd definitely be something to give a give a try, Brad. Uh, it's 40-acre uh, packages, too, so you can, can easily do a trial on an 80 or on a quarter. We're following the Ag PhD Naturals workshop. We're taking your questions, and we'll be right back after this. The weeds are coming! The weeds are coming! Hey! Paul Revere! This whole midnight ride thing is getting really... But the HPPD-resistant weeds are coming. We've got Verdict Herbicide. Verdict Herbicide? Yeah, it's a non-HPPD corn pre-herbicide from BASF. Oh, well then, get some sleep. Yeah, will do. The weeds are coming! Switch to Verdict Herbicide! Always read and follow label directions! How can you make the most profit ever on your soybean crop? I'm Darren Hefty. Give you the answer to that question at a free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop. It's Wednesday, January 25th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll dive deep on topics such as pest control, resistance issues, herbicide traits, fertility, cleaning up white mold, and more. If you want to make raising soybeans more lucrative and more fun, you won't want to miss this free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop. Learn more at agphd.com. Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient Flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. With superior materials, craftsmanship, and best-in-class warranty, a Morton machine storage or workshop is built to stand the test of time. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit MortonBuildings.com. It doesn't matter what you grow, how much you grow, or where you grow it. Commodity Classic is the place to discover what's next in agriculture. Join us in Orlando for America's largest farmer-led, farmer-focused educational and agricultural experience. Preparing for the next generation. March 9th through 11th, 2023. Discover more at commodityclassic.com. 
At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutritia N Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Nutritia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting today from the Ag PhD Field Day site. Oh, I wish it was Ag PhD Field Day. Nice green crops, warm temperatures. That would be awesome. Instead, we're looking out at a blanket of white. Uh, but we're safely inside the Morton Center here following the Ag PhD Naturals Workshop. If you're listening today from home or from your vehicle and you've got a question for us, that's awesome. You can email us, radio at agphd.com. And we also have uh, some folks who are here at the workshop today asking some questions right in front of us as well. Uh, got a question that, that came in. This was from Kurt, and he said, I want to ask you guys about wheat and your naturals program again, if you want to flip to that. Uh, let's start off here with, with the seed treatment, and that's the basis of Kurt's question. He, he said, okay, I'm interested in cereal NS. Uh, I'm wondering, though, can I still use that I'm putting a fungicide and insecticide seed treatment on my wheat. Yeah. Uh, and how would you do that? Since cereal NS is a dry and my fungicide insecticide is a liquid, is, would you put on the fungicide insecticide, then over-treat with the cereal NS, or would you mix liquid products instead since I'm already putting a fungicide insecticide on? So if you have the opportunity to apply your fungicide and insecticide and you can add a second tank to that treater, I would always recommend running the NutriCycle and Heat Shield, which are the two components in Cereal NS, uh, into that mix. We just want to make sure that that application is separate. It can be sprayed on at the same time, but we want to have them in separate tanks in that seed treater. And that's how we do things when we treat soybeans at our facilities. Um, if that's not an option, you can put a CT applicator onto the belt. Which as would be those, a dry treater. Yep, as those. CT, uh, CT. Yeah, CT is a brand, by the way. So yep. CT uh, makes this applicator. Go ahead. Yep. So that's a that's a talc unit that you can put onto a conveyor as that seed is either going in semi truck or going into the air cart, uh, where you can make that application. So the difference but, between cereal and S's NutriShield is you're talking about a significantly higher level of talc for us to get coverage. The other thing I would mention with that CT applicator and just doing dry application on seed, one of the the little details that makes a big difference with that is that it's a stainless steel vessel. And we see a lot of these dry applicators using a poly tank and they're staticky and you see products sticking to the sides of them. And again, you're giving up your static cling before it gets used on the seed. By using a stainless steel applicator, the product flows through, you don't lose any of that static cling and you actually stick better to the seed. So it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Uh, and, and I say that as I've got a, a certified stainless steel welder sitting here in the front row uh, at our workshop today, but it really does make a deal, big difference. There, there are some cool advantages with stainless steel. Uh, also, Kurt asks, okay, so with the cereal NS, I'm just curious, would any of those fungicides and insecticides I'm using kill the bacteria? Are there different fungicide and insecticide packages that would work with cereal NS or will they all work? Yeah, and just stop for one second and say, okay, fungicide and insecticide, and what do we have for microbes here? So they aren't insects. 
if they were fungus, then there would be risk. But if they were bacteria, well, we've got a little bit of both. Yep, yeah. Then then we don't have n- nearly that risk. Yep. Yeah. So we believe it or not, we send off every iteration of a fungicide or seed treatment insecticide that comes into the market. We send to the lab. So we really haven't found from a fungicide or insecticide standpoint at a seed treatment level and the dosing that we're talking about in that seed treatment space where we have issues with our with our products. So uh, as long as they're separated in the tank and make that application on the seed separately, um, no issues there. But again, with cereal and S, once that fungicide insecticide is dry, no concerns whatsoever. So from a research perspective, we just have learned over the years that there are a lot of things that can negatively interact with these products. And that's the reason why when we're doing testing and here at Ag PhD, we got a lot of great people. We do testing in multi-states and then we do send a lot of these things off to the lab just to make sure that, okay, from that perspective, before we even test it in the field, is this going to kill it or is it not? All right. Uh, this question comes in about mycorrhizal fungi. Uh, you talked the previous few days here about fertility and about things like uh, molybdenum and boron actually helping some of the microbes. Does I've heard fertilizing with boron could actually help stimulate mycorrhizal fungi. Have you ever heard that? I have not. Yep, I don't know that I have either. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that specifically, but I, I would say just getting your fertilizer in balance and having well-fed plants is going to be the best thing you can do Definitely. to work with uh, beneficial microbes like that. Yep, so, uh, and as farmers, we talk an awful lot about herbicides, insecticides, fertilizer, all this kind of stuff, but it's those microbes that are already sitting there in the soil. I mean, beyond the things that we've talked about today that are, Uh, you know, that could be applied to the crop, but there are so many good things in our soil and they're going to do better if they have air and if they have food. And a lot of that food comes because we have better crops and better roots down in that soil. So yeah, to Darren's point, if we can fertilize correctly, we have better roots, we have better crops. We overall hopefully have a healthier soil and that's what we're after. All right. Uh, this question comes in from Eric. He said earlier today, you mentioned a product called Heat Shield, showed some work done at North Carolina State, hot, dry. Uh, that's pretty cool that that can help. But what about in a wet year? Would a, what would happen if you used a product like Heat Shield? Yeah. So um, again, we've worked with Heat Shield as a seed treatment option in, in furrow since 2016. And, you know, it's our basis of our seed treatment. So um, where we see the benefits is whether that plant's under stress or not, you know, heat and drought are the big things, but we also have moisture stress as well. And, and heat shield ha- can help with that in regards to helping that plant mitigate its stresses in the environment. All right. This one comes from T. I'm considering using a product called MicroCycle, a natural product. I'm just curious your experience, what the best timings would be for application and if multiple applications would be beneficial. Matt was talking earlier about getting products right on the seed and this is a product you don't want to have as a seed treatment but we want to go in furrow yeah for us the best success we've had with microcycle most consistent for us is in furrow Um, the difficulty with it being on the seed is is there are non-spore forming colonies associated with that so as soon as that product gets wet it becomes active and alive and we lose our shelf life so we just don't have the longevity as we do with something like nutricycle for that shelf life standpoint um, we don't really see any success with microcycle foliar to get that consistency. We need that relationship established in the root zone 
um, for that product to work. All right. So when does it work best? When do you recommend this microcycle versus something else? Microcycle, if you've got infro capabilities and corner soybeans, that's where we've seen our biggest success. So uh, how about soil pH levels, nutrient levels, heavy soil versus light soil? Believe it or not, with, with microcycle and the ranges that we have within that, when the, within that space, originally we said, hey, we want to see higher pHs and microcycle would perform better at those ranges. But when we compared it against pH screens going all the way down to four and a half, there are still strains of bacteria within microcycle that are hitting. So it's opened us our window for consistency across a wider range of pH. And like for that product, it's more of a nutrient solubilizer right. than a biostimulant or amino acid or any of these other things that we've been talking about today. Its job is to take the nutrients that are in the soil and hopefully get them in an available form because and this is something I, I was talking about at our soils clinic here over the last couple of days. I mean, when I was in college, like a really, really long time ago, they were talking about how so many, there are so many pounds. In a lot of cases, there are literally thousands of pounds of plant nutrients sitting there in our soil. They're just in unavailable forms. And so if we have something that can solubilize those, that would be a really good thing. Yeah, and specifically with microcycle, we're trying to target phosphorus, potassium, and sulfur. So those are the big ones. And, and when we think about our soil profile and the lack of nutrients we have, if we do have a little bit of potassium or sulfur out there that we're trying to get unlocked, microcycle has been a great key for us to open that door. All right. Kevin said, uh, Brian and Darren talk a lot about their corn seed and what they put on there for naturals. Just curious, can a farmer anywhere buy the same naturals and roughly how much would they cost per unit of corn? Yeah. So yep. we, we introduced NutriShield to, to give the growers that opportunity. So NutriShield's based on population. So if a grower's planting 30,000 seeds per acre, that cost is under $9 an acre. Um, if you try to compare NutriCycle and Heat Shield and a tank mix, it's obviously cheaper to go the NutriShield route. We've tried to build some savings into that for the grower from a convenience standpoint. So your seed corn is going to come treated with fungicide and insecticide. You can just add a talc-based product That's called right. NutriShield uh, to, to do basically pretty close to the same thing we're doing on our farm. We'll get back to more of your questions right after this. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Think ahead to planting. Schedule your planter inspection with the experts at CNB. Make sure your equipment is in top shape and ready for the field this spring. CNB is your local John Deere dealer offering expert service and customer commitment. Learn more or schedule your appointment online today at DeerEquipment.com. Get your planter ready for spring with Germinator Closing Wheels from Farm Shop MFG. And now when you buy 12 rows or more, get free shipping or 20% off an end zone bin system. Offer good while supplies last, so order yours today at FarmShopMFG.com. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. What can you do to build a better wheat crop? 
I am Darren Hefty. Thursday, January 26th, we're holding a free Ag PhD Wheat Agronomy Workshop at the Morton Center on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll be discussing how you can make your wheat crop more profitable by going in-depth on topics such as crop protection programs, seed treatment options, and the ways to make your crop more resistant to stress like drought and disease. We'll be covering all of this and much more, so don't miss the Ag PhD Wheat Agronomy Workshop. Sign up today at agphd.com. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. It's planting season, race against the clock season, mistakes can't happen season, and no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster, that makes your spacing and depth more accurate, and that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. And man, we are reaching the end here real quick, but there are still tons of questions coming in about naturals. That's why we had the Ag PhD Naturals Workshop today. And honestly, uh, if you've ever got questions on naturals out there, just email us, radio at agphd.com. We're happy to help. Okay, this one comes in from Marion. Hey, I'm really interested in plant growth regulators, also interested in fulvic and humic acid. I'm curious, would you recommend putting MegaGrow with Nutex EDA in furrow? Would there be an added benefit of putting both in? Would there be any issues or antagonisms I should be concerned of? So we currently sell a product called Alpha Complete where we combined Nutex EDA, Boost 10, um, and Microcycle in the box, and we've got no issues with that tremendous success. We've got growers down in Nebraska that have taken the Boost 10 out of the mix and added MegaGrow uh, and seen even bigger successes. So uh, MegaGrow and Nutex CDA are doing two completely different things to the plant. We have not seen any issues whatsoever with that, um, no antagonisms, and I think it's a great opportunity for growers that if they're trying to do something different, we don't have to worry about keeping the product alive. Mixes relatively pretty well uh, with most things in the marketplace, and it's been a very good product. And for neither both. of those are really crop specific, no. so you could do that on other crops as well. Okay, uh, Tanner also was interested in plant growth regulators. He said, uh, "There's a product called Inertia, and I believe you guys talked about it today. I'm curious, can it be applied through a pivot?" Does it need to be sprayed on? Is it a rate per acre? Is it a certain concentration in the spray volume you're doing? Tell me more about inertia. Yeah, so inertia is, is something where if you're making an application with a ground rig, we recommend 16 ounces to the acre. Uh, if you're going to go with an airplane right at that tassel time, we want to see a minimum of 12.3 ounces to the acre. 
Um, we're not interested in, in a going through a pivot. Uh, there's just too much water and way too much dilution to get the success out of that product. Uh, what is it? Twenty-seven thousand, roughly twenty-seven thousand gallons for an inch of water. So even if you're putting on a tenth of an inch, it's roughly twenty-seven hundred gallons per acre. If you said, "Oh, I'm going to run the pivot as fast as I can around." 2,700 gallons, well, your dilution, your concentration's terrible, so a lot of it's going to run on the ground, and inertia, like a lot of these PGRs, they need to be on the plant. So, uh, leave tissue interception. Yep. All right, uh, another inertia question. This one comes in from PD. He said, guys, I'm doing seed corn production. I'm curious, can I use inertia or any of these plant growth regulators, or is that going to screw up the timing between my male and my female inbred? Yeah, so I got this question earlier this week out of the group down in Nebraska asking the same thing. We don't have enough work uh, done yet to recommend either direction, but you know the idea with inertia, especially around pre-tassel environment, is you will speed that plant up to push that tassel out a little bit quicker. So you know, in the space where we're talking about seed corn being specific almost to the hour timing for pollination, I don't know if I can recommend either way, but it's something that we're definitely looking at to work with the seed growers uh, to see if we can help them out with pollination windows. Okay, this one comes from Mike over in Minnesota where they fight a lot of iron deficiency chlorosis in soybeans. And also, uh, if they ever overlap something like Roundup, they get yellow beans. Mike asks, I'm just wondering, could I just put MegaGrow in furrow, and would that last long enough to impact some of the yellow flashes I see later in the season, or is it fairly short-lived? Yeah, very, very short-lived. And, and MegaGrow in furrow, we're getting that root proliferation and, and we're getting more advancement within the roots. Uh, that plant starts to rebalance itself within a 14 to 20 day, yep. 21 day window. So we lose the dilution uh, in the plant where we force that imbalance. Yep, pretty much all PGRs, it's going to be the same way. See, a lot of these, these plant growth regulators or plant growth hormones, they're naturally occurring in plants anyway. And if we give, a, give the thing a little boost, yeah, it is going to rebalance itself. It's going to go back to normal. A couple of weeks, maybe three weeks, something like that. So, nope, uh, to do that, it's, it's not going to make any difference. You, you've got to spray the Mega Grow with the Roundup to reduce the yellow flash. All right, this one comes from Tanner. Uh, guys, we're seeding winter triticale, uh, so obviously putting the seed in the ground in the fall. I'm just curious, would a plant growth regulator like MegaGrow that's supposed to drive root growth, would that be most beneficial if we did it in the fall? Would it be more beneficial in the spring? Would you see it helping us up at green up or anything like that? What, what would you do? Yeah, so once that plant emerges out of the ground and we can get enough leaf interception, I got no issues with MegaGrow. But what we've learned with Boost 10 and grass species crops early in the season are that green up timing. Boost 10 has really been the direction that I push growers. So that'd be a vegetable-based amino acid product. That's right, vegetative protein. So, so maybe you do the mega grow in the fall then, and then sure. you come back at green up and use something like Boost 10, uh, an amino acid product. And the cost of that is, is minimal. Yeah, amino acid at green up has paid just about as good as any biological that, in our in our <laughs> testing over the last few years. Anywhere. Yep. I mean, any crop, any application. I mean, you know, you're talking a 9 to 10 to 1 return on investment. You're, you're just not going to find that. And, and it seems like that amino acid at the green up timing is, is really that sweet spot. Okay. Uh, this one comes from Dennis. And he said, guys, I'm interested in that um, amino acid type product, Extricate. Uh, if I put that in my starter, can I still use insecticide? Are there any issues with uh, compatibility and so forth? Yeah. So Extricate being organic acid, not an amino acid. Um, no issues whatsoever with tank mixes. 
uh, running it with row starters, uh, insecticides, fungicides. It's a non-living product, so there's no issues. All right, this comes from Murray. He said, I'm farming down by Des Moines, Iowa, and you mentioned using extricate in the north. We've got some pretty heavy soils here, some high calcium, high mag type soils. Would you recommend something like extricate down around Des Moines, or is there a better choice for us to improve nutrient availability? Without specifically knowing your soil, I guess I would tend to recommend if your base saturation calcium is above 75%, we've seen success. If your base saturation magnesium is over that 22, 23% mark, that's where we start to see more success. So the higher those numbers go, uh, the more success we can get out of extricate. Yeah, you know, Darren, this just got me thinking over the last couple of days, we did our Ag PhD Soils Clinic and we talked about some high calcium situations and especially when this, there's excess lime in the soil. When there's excess lime, we, we really need to add that moving forward to mention this particular product. That's part of the reason why we were looking for something that would help us and help make some of those things available, get them broken down, stuff like that. All right, uh, I get this question. Do fulvic and humic acid replace fertilizer needs for a crop, or are they just a way to get a boost with the same fertilizer inputs? When you look at a humic and a fulvic, you got to think of, number one, how is that nutrient complexed in the soil? So how does it stay there? And number two, how can you transport that nutrient within the plant? So in my mind, nutrients and how they move within the plant efficiently is what kind of transport mechanism you can put behind it. So no, this is not a replacement for nutrients. This is not a replacement or reduction of nutrients on the farm. Uh, this is simply just helping that plant be more efficient with what it needs. If a farmer uses, let's say, humic acid, what do you, what do you think? I mean, let's call it a good humic acid in a situation where it should work. Five bushel yield gain a lot of times you're talking about in corn? Uh, five, seven, nine. Right, okay. Yeah. So when we think about 220 bushel corn, five bushels is what percentage? So 2%, yeah, you know, and, and my point is, even if it was replacing fertilizer, it's going to replace 2%. So it's really minor. I don't, yeah, I, I, I would not be cutting back on my fertility program. All right. Uh, I got this one. Uh, it says, I hate to say it, but I think Brian's right about mixing the dries. Wow. This, oh, you got to be really careful. You don't want to feed into this. Uh, but he said with microcycle and nutricycle, my wife has actually used just a little bit of water and a wire whisk. And that's worked by far the best for us. Then we're pouring it directly into our bulk fertilizer. Uh, we have poured packs of microcycle and nutricycle into the planter only to find it floating in clumps after sloshing through the field planting. So but, we found it important to dissolve things ahead of time. Yep. By the way, I would just say whenever I'm right, that's usually because before I was wrong and then I realized I was wrong and I said, okay, well, I'm going to go the other way. Well, now I'm right. Now, now I'm right. <laughs> so in, in Alpha Complete, we actually learned this the hard way is we were having some mixing issues with microcycle with different fertilizers and it was just taking a long time to get that wettable powder wetted. Yeah. Um, so we went to the lab and started working with Nutex EDA and for whatever reason, when you take that microcycle package and dump it into a two and a half container of Nutex EDA, it makes that stuff completely disappear. So Nutex is really safe for the biology and has been a fantastic product for us to get um, some of those wet wettable powders wetted quicker. All right, uh, William had a question. Just wondering. Hey, oh, wait a second. Could that go back to the anhydro thing and the, sure. the Nutex? For yeah. sure. So maybe that might be something worth trying, Ron, is anhydro together with Nutex. Mix it in that. Which is not a bad option either. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that could be a very exciting pass. All right, last question. This is from William. He said, Brian and Darren, are you guys using naturals on all your acres or are you still yep. just experimenting on a small scale? 
No, we're experimenting with some products, but yeah, we are using some kind of natural on every single acre we've got because we found certain things that work for us in cert at certain timings. Yeah, yes, certainly absolutely. things like Nutex EDA, we're using well, a lot whenever we're putting a fungicide yep. out. Mega yep. Grow is getting used a lot on our farm too, and others. Hey, thanks for the questions. Uh, thanks to everybody too for coming to our workshop today. Really appreciate it. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.